sometimes society will attempt to decide for who you should be, but you actually don't have to listen to what society has to say. Because I was supposed to grow up and go and work in the mines. That's what I was supposed to do. Because when I was a child, if someone saw me picking up a heavy object in my village, they would say to me, Oh, you are strong now. You are ready to go and work in the mines. Oh, look at you. And literally, that was my highest aspiration in life, to go and work in the mines. But now, I, you know, I, I don't dig for gold, but I win it. <laughs> um, because my mother had such a difficult time, you know, um, so after, when I was in my matric year, I became, I was really, really lazy, because I thought, well, my mother won't be able to afford to take me to school. It's, it's, she, she's not going to be able to take me to varsity, so what's the point, you know, of me studying and working hard? So I, bec- I was really, really lazy. I did not work hard at all. Um, you kids, work hard. <laughs> By a miracle, I, I passed, which was a miracle. I, I passed my metric. And so I lied to my mother, and I told her that I'd apply to go and study at the AAA this best advertising school in the country in Cape Town, and I, just, I lied to her. And then my mother said, well, why have they not said anything to you? And then we, had, we didn't have a phone in the house. A friend of mine had gone to, you know, to Cape Town to study at the AAA, and we didn't have a phone in the house, so our neighbors had a phone, so when we got a phone call, we'd have to run to the neighbor's house and answer the phone. And <laughs> so... Somehow, my neighbors couldn't speak, you know, great English. And so this friend of mine obviously called from AAA and called her neighbor, and her neighbor heard the words AAA in Cape Town. And they told my mother, and my mother said the AAA had called. It must mean one thing. AAA says that I have to go and study there. I was like, oh, my. I did, I, but I didn't apply. How am I going to? I didn't apply. Like, so I end up going. So my mother sends me, gives me her last, like, 600 bucks, you know. I get on the taxi. You know, all the way from Danzane to Cape Town, and I get to AAA, and I'm thinking, what am I going to send I get to AAA? And I get there, and there's this lady, there's a, a lady who is, <laughs> you know, she's a reception, she's Tandy, she still works there apparently. And so Sister Tandy says, I mean, it's been two weeks since college has opened, and it's been two weeks. And so Sister Tandy says, so what are you here to do? And then I was like, no, I'm actually, um, I'm, I'm here to apply. And she says, you, my child, you're wasting your time. Even the white children here came with their parents and they turned away. So, I don't know how you think you're going to get in here, my child. So, and I'm like, oh my God. I was like, she has no idea of the plan that I've devised. So, I, I was like, I actually applied, but I never get any response. And so, she was very confused. And then she called the registrar. The registrar came to me and she was like, I don't understand how this has happened. So, she, talks me, she walks me to her office. I get to her office and she pages through these files looking for my name. And I help her. Um, <laughs> being very aware that she's not going to find my name in there. <laughs> and I'm really helping her. I'm helping her. She's like, I, I don't understand. She's so confused. And she said, you know what? Since you came all the way from, you know, East London, and I can smell that I've been bathed uh, in a while. So um, we will, I will give you these forms for you to fill in in order for you to apply. And these forms are really, really thick. And they're given three weeks to fill in these forms. It's like... It's like a mountain of work you have to do. And she gave me three days. And then I was like, I think she's decided I'm not going to come in. Uh, she's decided. How am I supposed to do this in three days? I, didn't, I must have slept for three hours that weekend. And I finished. And on Monday, I got there, five minutes before deadline, slammed it on her desk. I was like, there you go, ma'am. 
Uh, well, not quite like that. I was like, oh, here you go, man. And <laughs> so she's like, come back in five minutes. And then in my mind, I was like, there is no way she would have finished, complete this in five minutes. It's impossible. She can't read this in five minutes. She's decided again that she doesn't want me here. Okay, come back in five minutes. Says, okay, come back in 10. Come back in 10 minutes. She says, no, come back in 15 minutes. And then I come back, so it's been, you know, about 40 minutes now. I've come back, she's going through this, and she's still going through it, and she says, I must say, I'm really, really impressed. So um, how are you going to pay? Because you said your mother doesn't work. And I said, wow, my mother has these cows <laughs> in the village. And this sheep, and she did have these cows and this sheep in the village, and which she actually started selling. And by halfway through my second year at the AAA, she ran out of the cows. And... It was at this point that I actually became homeless and in Cape Town. I had no place to stay. I was living in this house with this house that, had been, that was being renovated. And at some point, the men who were working in the, like, working in the house, they arrived too early and I ran, I bolted out of the building because I had like this small bag. I'd taken my other thing. It's a long story. Suit, big suitcase. I left it at the church and, and I just bought it, and I was like, oh my goodness, what am I going to sleep tonight? What am I going to do? And so I ended up with a great plan, genius idea, I sleep on the desks at the AAA. So I ended up sleeping at the desk at the AAA for quite a while as well at the same time until a pastor of mine, because I used to go to this church group every Sunday as one of the youth leaders. And so, <laughs> and so after, this ch after church, one Friday, he's dropping me off like I think about four weeks or five weeks after doing this, I don't know how long it was. And he says to me, why am I always dropping you off at 10 o'clock at night on a Friday at college in town? And then I was like, whew, triple A, the deadlines, wow, my goodness. You have no idea. And he looks at me and he says, tell me the truth. And I just began to cry and I told him. And then he took me out the day and he found me another family that would look after me for a short time. And then literally that's how I came out of that. And I had to drop out of the AAA as a result. And it was during this time that I'd actually I had this diary that I'd write every day on. And one of the things I was, when I was busy writing my book, I actually I went, I was going through all the things that I was writing, and I remember there was this sentence. Where I was like, never I ever accept reality as an end. If we only ever face reality, we are doomed. And the thing is with reality is as people tell you to face reality, like now, but we can't face your current, narrow, present reality. For example, if like the guy who invented, you know, if the Wright brothers were like, it's impossible to create something that is heavier than air and get it to fly people across. Reality says that you can't, right? Unless someone does something about it and tries and does and tries to do the impossible and uh, supersede reality. So I'll try and be really fast because my time is running out. Um, and now, as I say, for my next, my personal example, when I say the first show you can and then ask. And so when I had dropped out of the AAA, obviously I, I didn't done, I haven't finished my second year, I haven't got a qualification, but I really want to work in advertising, I want to make these ads. How, and I decided that I needed to create a CV that would show that I can do this thing that I want to do. So it doesn't just say that, look, I dropped out at the AAA, I only did, but no one's going to pay attention to me. My CV has to show that I can do this thing. It can show that I can write, it must show that I can be funny, it must show that I can be creative. So I did the mandatory stuff, you know, your name and so on and so forth. And so I lived in Cape Town at the same time. It's like, I wrote in bullet point form, I live in Pine, it's not Google A2. I can use phones, faxes, and computers without breaking them. <laughs> we still had faxes back then. 
Some of my best friends are white. <laughs> I can swim when it's absolutely necessary. I'm not a member of Kosatu. <laughs> and then I wrote position applying for, and I said, uh, copywriter, experience in this field. I said, I used to write slogans on township wars like Free Mandela and One Man, One Vote. <laughs> this was a very successful campaign, as you might have noticed. <laughs> So I got this phone call, so I'm there, and I'm getting this phone call from this lady. She is in tears. She's just laughing and laughing. And I'm like, okay, who is this crazy white woman? And I'm like, what's going on, right? And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I'm so sorry. I just read your CV. It's hilarious. Can you come for an interview tomorrow? <clears throat> I was like, oh, wow, okay, it worked. So the next day, I go for an interview, and I get there, I've dropped out. I mean, I have a portfolio to show her. She says my portfolio. And she says, well, we have to hire you. So I end up being hired. 